What is going on? I want to welcome you half court for today. It is a Thursday, Chris. We are normally, uh, I am Sean Murphy, by the way, and I'm joined by uh, NCCAA National Champion Assistant Coach, um, Navzilla himself, um, losing coach for Indiana Girl All-Star Team from this past week, Chris That's Novlet. still too soon. Still too soon. Is that, was that joke too raw, Chris? No, I appreciate you having me on, Sean. Like you said, normally, this is different for us. Normally, we're on here on Sundays. So this, yeah. is, uh, this is different for us. Yeah, so normally we record on a Sunday and we and I post it on a Tuesday, but I was like, you know what? All the news is happening on trade deadline day. Let's wait until then. And so, you know, you know, of course, from half court post each and every Tuesday, except this week, LOL. So now <laughs> this is the trade deadline special where we're going to be going over what's happened in the crazy world of the NBA, because even though it is March madness, there is definitely plenty of madness going on in the nba so um thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining us again you can find us on any podcast service that you like so leave us some good ratings give us some love share with your friends and let's talk basketball shall we because we got a lot to talk about um but chris yeah you uh real quick that joke was you got to coach in a pretty cool game do you want to talk about that real quick yeah so i was the head coach of the south central indiana girls basketball all-star game and um it, it was a lot of fun man it was it was different also because you know i've always coached guys always right and so this was it was totally different for me but it was a lot of talent on the floor at one time you know i mean they all were really talented and uh you know great players great people and i will say you know we we had a a deficit as big as 17 at one point and then cut it to one and then ended up losing by five so so they made a little bit of a run and uh you know honestly we we had some some good looks early in the game that's why we got we got down we had good looks just didn't hit shots just did not hit shots right. they were open but they they made a big run late and there's there's huge futures ahead for all those those girls whether it's uh basketball you know i've had some softball players some volleyball players they were playing basketball but they have a lot of multi-sport athletes there that have big any, futures ahead. Any girls there that have any D1 offers coming up? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, they – I know some. They There was one girl. She actually – she was initially supposed to play, but then didn't end up – couldn't make it. She's going to Butler. Um, oh, wow. To play. And then most of the girls actually that I had were sophomores and juniors. So they're just now getting into – the, oh, okay. uh, the okay. recruiting process. So they still got, you know, a year or two before they'll get their offers. But, but yeah, That's I awesome. think there's, there's going to be some big time players come very out cool. of the, that team. Well, very cool. And you know, that sounds like a great opportunity, but enough about that because today <laughs> was the trade deadline. Oh man, Chris trade deadline day is like one of my favorite days of the year. It's like Christmas. I remember pre COVID last year, there was the 2020 trade deadline when Andre Drummond got traded. And that was like my Christmas dude, like, like Santa Claus, there was not a physical item that he could have wrapped up and put under a tree for me that I would have liked better than Andre Drummond getting traded. Exactly, (laughs) man. I was overjoyed. It was so great. But today we, it was a weird trade deadline. I don't know what your thoughts were, but it was bizarre because there was a lot that was supposed to happen that didn't happen. 
and things that were not supposed to happen that did. Right. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So to me, I kind of want to start with this. Um, Chris, if I don't know if you like, I I, I know that we talked a little bit that you, you paid attention to a lot of the big stuff, which is what I did too. Cause I mean, that's what, that's really what matters Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Right. Um, This is a time of year where guys that are absolute studs, um, get traded to contenders and there's teams that are pretenders that unload and sell what they have. So Chris, let me ask, looking at all of the trades that happened, are there teams that you have that are winners and losers? Because I most certainly do. Um, I think the one for me, and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier was the Victor Oladipo to Miami trade Mm -hmm. right and he Mm -hmm. so Houston they're terrible like let's let's be honest they're (laughs) they're awful like they've lost like 20 in a row or something like that or 21 or something and and I think Houston which which again I look at Miami and a win in that trade for sure because I don't think Vic was really I mean you you lose 20 games in a row how can you be happy right right 100 100 yep and so I think bringing him in though too that gives them another piece because they're already good. They're already a good mm-hmm. team. Um, yep. So, so if he can get fully deal, healthy to employ, yeah. yeah, that deal. By the way, um, so the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat finalized a deal and they acquired Victor Oladipo from the Rockets. Um, so essentially, in return, um, I believe. Yeah, let me double check here. So the Heat in return sent to Houston, I believe, Kelly Olynyk was a part of that deal. So the man, the myth, the Linux is going to, uh, is going to Houston. Avery Bradley is going there as well. And then it looks like there's also going to be pick swaps, um, in the 2022 draft. So if you're looking at Houston, that's a pretty good return, especially for a guy that you really never had intentions of keeping. I mean, let's just be honest. And also at the same time, a guy that was going to walk this summer. So, um, I, I, you know, overall, I think for them, they're just in rebuild mode. So it makes absolutely no sense for them to keep him. Whereas in Miami, I also agree that that is a huge win getting someone to put by Jimmy Butler, um, someone to play with Tyler hero, because now throwing in Miami, you got, um, you got Victor Oladipo, who I think thrives in those kind of stricter cultures. Um, I think having him along Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. The fact that they did not have to give up Duncan Robinson today to me is a huge win. So now I think that's just going to make them that much better on the offensive side. So I definitely think they are winners today. But when I look at the biggest winner of the trade deadline, I got to look at the Chicago Bulls because out of left field, they get Nikola Vucevic, who, who, the day before, just 24 hours ago, we were told is not on the market. He is not being av- he's not available for trades. And now all of a sudden, he goes to Chicago. And so that so Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu, which is the Chicago Bulls in exchange for Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two first round picks. To me, that is a steal. That is an absolute steal, especially for a team with a guy like Zach Levine, who is as as good as he is, 
who is playing an all-star caliber season, proving that he's a star in this league. Um, he's averaging 28 a game, over 50% shooting from the field. So to get another guy that can score down there and then to have Laurie Markin in there as well, Colby White, I wish they would have gotten Lonzo Ball, but I think that could still happen in the summer. But man, they're they're definitely going to be a playoff team this this year. To me, I think that they, um, if they make it to the playing game, I think they're going to be tough for whoever they have to play. But I could see them rising to not even have to play the playing game. So um, to me, that was a stellar deal. Yeah, that was a that was a good one too. Because you look like Vucevic. He's a I mean, he's he's good. He he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You don't hear his name a whole lot because you know among the league bigs because you you know you have Anthony Davis who's right. hurt, but uh, Joel Embiid who also is just you know getting back. But there's a lot of league bigs, and he just doesn't. You don't hear his name, but his his numbers are very good. So in return, there I look at the bigs because they trade away Wendell Carter Jr. Yep, right? and Otto Porter. Yep. So when O'Carter Jr. he like he when he got drafted he got drafted really high and they expected right. him to be you know a good big and like he's not bad but you got to steal if you just compare those two bigs like it's not even close between Vucevic and Carter like yeah it's just you may get a good game here and there at a Wendell Carter Jr. but it, Vucevic is really consistent so yeah I I agree they uh. And you get, yeah, you know, Otto Porter out of the deal too. Um, or he went away, didn't he? Otto Porter went away. Yeah, yeah, Otto Porter um, went away. They got Al yeah, Farouk Aminu. Al Farouk Aminu, uh, which, yeah. Which, which by that's the way, pretty wanna, even. Yeah, for sure. Which, by the way, I want to shout out uh, my my best friend, Robert Wood Stanley. Today, I sent him, because uh, he's a Bulls fan. I don't know if you knew this. And so I sent him that trade, and I was like, holy crap, this is insane. And uh, because he didn't really know who the guys were. Well, in the original tweet, uh, Woj didn't put a comma um, between Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu. So he thought that the full name, <laughs> it was one person named Nikola Vucevic Al Farouk Aminu. And so he said, that is the longest unpronounceable name I have ever seen. So I had to explain to him that Al Farouk Aminu was a different human being than Nikola Vucevic. So Robert, if you're listening, come on the podcast soon again and defend yourself because, oh my goodness, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I I think, and this was another topic that I was going to want to talk about eventually because it occurred to me the other day. What in the world were, was Orlando doing all of this time? Because yes, they were making it to the playoffs, but like they just had no direction. They were just the number eight seed every single year, putting themselves in NBA purgatory. Um, yes, they have. Um, yes, they had Vucevic. Yes, they had Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon, who got traded today as well. We'll talk about that in a minute. He was, he was in Orlando for seven years. And listen, I get that like I get that it's difficult when you have guys like some of your top guys go down, but like if the reason why you're not making the playoffs is because Markel Fultz isn't in the lineup, then you got something wrong there, right? right? So, because Markel Fultz, he's not a scrub by any stretch of the imagination, but if he's the reason you're not making the playoffs, then man, you have a fickle situation down there, man. And so I think Orlando, I, I think their winners too 
in the sense that they made a decision of where they're going and they got some decent assets in return. So to me, I think, I think if you're an Orlando magic fan, you're, you're sad to see some of your top guys go, but like, I would be relieved because it's like, well, what were we doing here? You know what I mean? Like we were 14th in the, in the East this year, which with how rough the East is this year, that is a big yikes. So, you know, I think for them, that's just good to finally have a direction of some form. Well, um, and, and like that too, it's not like you're getting, you know, like old players too, you know, you know, you're getting yeah. young guys that you can, I don't want to say build around cause those aren't really build around players, but you can, they're good, like, you know, yeah, players like, that will make an impact. But like Wendell Carter Jr., he's still a young guy. He's he's had some injury problems. Who's to say that like, you know, we're seeing guys like Julius Randle who's popping off. This is his sixth year in the league. You know, like like a lot of these guys, like some of them, it's just taking longer for them to like get better and have good. And like, let's be honest, Wendell Carter Jr. did not come in with the best situation. He had Jim Boylan as his coach who we could go all day about Jim Boylan because man, what a, what a coach there. Um, it was not meant to be an NBA coach. And so now to actually be in a situation that you could actually have a second chance and maybe do some things differently, you know, like I'm not saying Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be an all-star. I'm not saying he's Julius Randall, but like, let's be honest, a fresh start for him might be good. And also for Orlando, it's a low risk, high reward because you're just getting a piece to come in. You're not looking to win a basketball game anytime soon. And if he's good, awesome. He could be part of your future. If not fine, let him go. We are just trying to get those first round picks. So I think, um, I think that was a good move for them ultimately, because when I heard that they were looking to move off of everyone except Vucevic, that made no sense to me. So seeing this, seeing this move happen, um, I think it's going to be exciting. Um, but Chris, what do you think the Bulls? What what do you? Because I, I I don't think they're done yet. I think like over the course of like the off season, I think they're going to be looking to make some moves. I Lonzo Ball is very much still on their radar reportedly, and I think that would be a stellar move if they could get Lonzo Ball, um, especially to have a young core of Zach Levine, um, Lonzo Ball, and then also have Nikola Vucevic. I think that would be a pretty stellar core that could compete in the Eastern conference. I'm not saying they could go to the finals, but they could certainly be a difficult second round team or potentially as far as the Eastern conference finals, if they all play as well as they could, um, you know, just saying in the East, anything's possible. Um, so I wonder what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think Lonzo ball, because if you had him in there, like you said, you know, Zach Levine, and then you had, I mean, you got Kobe white in there too mm-hmm. so you had so you play kobe white at the the point guard you put lonzo at a two position then mm-hmm. zach levine at that they can you know switch between that two and that three position right then you got vucevic in there at a five and marketing you know at a four like that's yeah. a that is a solid solid lineup that could, could yeah. do some damage and, and a lot of forget- athleticism on the on the perimeter and don't forget thaddeus young still very much on the bulls um, Thagic Johnson as, as bull fan bulls fans love to call him. And then also, um, yeah, I, I can tell you've never heard that before that you hated that, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's Thagic Johnson. And then you also got Patrick Williams there too, who has had a pretty good rookie season. So, 
if I'm a Bulls fan, I wake up, I go to bed tonight feeling much better about this team than I was when I woke up. That just straight up, I'm excited about their future. Yeah, and I think you look too. I think like like you said, you go to bed thinking it's good. And I think honestly, this summer though, you're going to see the Bulls make some big moves too. Whether or not that's mm-hmm. trading some some draft picks because they're young too. They're young too, so they've got a lot of. Um, you may trade some draft picks, but you're bringing in young guys too. So they still got a, a big future ahead. You know, if they do go at Lonzo, which that is for sure, I think probably going to happen or they're going to at least going right. to try really hard over the oh, they're, they're certainly going to try because I think, I think if you're looking at new Orleans, I, like, yes, um, Lonzo ball is not going anywhere. I think, um, I think they're very much in a situation where I don't know if they view him in their long-term plans, because if they did, they would have signed him to an extension by now because you wouldn't even want to, to uh, have him go out and talk to other teams. So, you know, I could very much see either the bulls, they're definitely going to put an offer sheet out there um, at the very least, but also um, I think a sign and trade scenario is very possible. So I think new Orleans is just continually, continually looking at what they can get in return. So I think that is definitely something that is in the works for sure. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I think that's one thing new Orleans probably needs to do is that the sign and trade they can Lonzo right now, believe it or not, can bring, he has a good trade value right now. So, so Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, play it. If I'm new Orleans, play it, see what you can get. Cause people are 100% play the game. Well, well, yeah, exactly. And here's the thing. If you you're also playing a smart game because you know uh, trades uh, trade value wise you know his, his value is the best right now that's ever been because here's the thing that people don't like to admit Lonzo Ball is a really good point guard they don't like to say it he's I I I feel like I've been alone on this for a long time he's actually a good NBA player um, so he does not get the respect that he deserves that's a whole other podcast though. Um, so like you said, it, and here's the thing, they could still possibly make a playoff run. Who knows? Like uh, not a playoff run, but they could make the playoffs. Um, so they're, you know, they're very much in a situation where, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt you at all to keep him because he's a valuable asset and he could either still be part of your future plans and someone that could throw some lob passes to Zion, or he could just be someone that in the future, you just get something in return. Um, so that's, what's going on there. And I think the last team that I have as a winner is the Portland trailblazers, because this could, this very much is a move that might slide under the radar for some people, but Norman Powell, the, the Toronto Raptors traded Norman Powell, um, to the Portland trailblazers in exchange for Gary Trent jr. And Rodney hood. I don't know how you feel about this move, Chris, but to me, this is perfect they needed a wing with potential that can come in and shoot shoot the three and defend and also get Damian Lillard some freaking help man and this is a guy that in the long term I think could do that I thought this was a stellar move for Portland yeah yeah I agree you know you look at Gary Trent okay Dame's backup right because he's a Mm -hmm. point guard okay Rodney Hood he plays a wing but he gets it. He's going to shoot. He's really probably not going to get Damian Lillard a ton of shots. You know, yep. you look at Norman Powell, who, to be honest, I, I'm not a huge Norman Powell fan because, you know, he played for the Raptors and I'm a Pacers fan, so it doesn't really go well. <laughs> but he is one of the most, like, 
athletic players. I was like, he just gets after it. He can he can yeah. jump. He's quick. He can create shots. If he's open, he'll hit shots. But mm-hmm. um, that's where he probably needs to improve his game a little bit. But he can get to the rim and finish really well. So I think, you know, if he can get to the rim, you know, and get Damian Lillard some kickout shots, it's going to give him a lot of help. And the numbers yeah. that Dame has put up, they're just they're going to go up even higher. Exactly. So now looking at their lineup. You know, like Gary Trent Jr. is a solid piece. I think he's someone that is very much a that is a great foundation piece for Toronto. So I think that's a win for them, too. Um, But if you look at them long term, now their lineup like right now, Portland's is Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, um, Yusuf Nurkic. You got Robert Covington. You got Norman Powell. You got Derek Jones Jr. Those three guys right there, Powell, Derek Jones Jr. and Covington, that is way better depth at the wing that they had before. And that's always been their weakness. I still think it's their weakness, but it's drastically better than it's been. So I think I think that is a huge win for Portland because if in the West, especially, man, that is that is where the that's where the wings are at. You know, you got two, two of the best wings in the world in uh, in the Clippers. And then you got LeBron James out there too. You know, he, he exists I've heard, but you know, it's one of those things where, man, they, um, they're more legitimate today than they were yesterday. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think it gives them that one extra piece. Cause you know, like we talk about this on one of uh, your early episodes, your podcast is we were talking about how Portland, would always get there, but they couldn't really get over the hump. And they'd kind of, they always yep. had a chip on their shoulder saying like, you know, everybody's against us. Cause you know, we're the underdog. They have that other piece. Now I'm not going to say they're going to go and, you know, smack the Lakers around, but mm-hmm. they still, it puts them that much closer, you know? So if they could maybe get one other piece, I don't know who that would be or when it would be, but yeah, I think they can definitely do some damage. They're certainly a lot closer today than they were. That's for sure. So um, I, I feel like sometimes moves like this, like especially a team with Portland, that's as good as they are. It's it's kind of like at that point, it's a game of inches. You know what I mean? Like what what separates you from from being a good team to a great team at that point? It seems like the gap is huge. It really isn't. But like that that small gap is the hardest to move forward. <laughs> You know, so I think it's always like just that one piece. So I definitely am happy for them. That's for sure. Um, there's one more team that I feel like you could technically count as a winner. And, and initially, I thought this team really was. But the more I think about it, the more I really don't think so. Um, because here's the thing. And the team is the Denver Nuggets. Okay. So they went out and get Aaron Gordon today, right? They get Aaron Gordon and they get JaVel McGee, which are absolute upgrades. If you took all context in the world out of it, you would say that's a winner. That is an absolute winner. Chris, they pretty much just replaced the two guys they lost in free agency. Because if you think about it, Aaron Gordon's going to come in and he's going to play that Jeremy Grant role, right? Which I don't know if he's better than Jeremy Grant. I don't think so. He might be more athletic than Jeremy Grant, but he's not as good of a defender. He's not as good of a score. And then additionally, you get JaVel McGee, who's maybe better than Mason Plumley, but like nah, I not, wouldn't even go that not, far. Not, not in that system. So Denver Denver got better for sure. But like 
you got better because you replaced who you lost and you had to lose Gary Harris to do it. So if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at Denver, man, like, yeah, you know what? You got Aaron Gordon, which was a solid get. You got JaVel McGee, who's a solid backup big. He has experience. He's been there, but you had to lose Gary Harris. Now, what if, and hear me out, you actually paid Jeremy Grant. You actually kept Mason Plumley, and you wouldn't have had to make the, make this move in the first place. And if you made a move, it was to get someone better. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at. If I I'm at a toss up because yes, they got better, but if you add the context of free agency, they just fixed their mistake of losing two good players. Yeah, and like you said, you lose. I really don't think. You know, maybe it's a, a little bit of a difference between, you know, Aaron Jordan and JaVale McGee and between Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant, but it's not like a, a huge difference. Like you said, there's kind of a fix there a little bit, but then you, you do, you throw Gary Harris into the mix and he's not going to blow anybody out of the water, but he's a solid player, you know, that can, mm-hmm. can help a team. He's a great role player. You know, if say Jamal Murray goes out with, you know, foul trouble or something, or he gets hurt. Gary Harris is a solid backup, you know, to, mm-hmm. to put in there. And you don't have that now. Um, yep. So, yeah, it's a – yeah, I see where you're coming from. That's that's true. I don't really think they – I don't think they got worse. All they did was open up some cap space and replace their mistake. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, and, like, here's the thing. It was pretty expensive what they had to give up in return because um, Orlando, um, you know, they traded Aaron Gordon and they traded Gary Clark as well. And in return, Denver traded Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a, and a protected 2025 first round pick. So you lose your first round pick from this year, RJ Hampton, who is a underrated prospect in the NBA. Um, you lose Gary Harris and you lose a first round pick. So, and yes, you're getting Aaron Gordon. You're getting another piece. You're looking to win now. Because you have Nikola Jokic in his prime MVP candidate, um, you got to capitalize on that. But at the same time, it's all about making smart moves as often as possible. So, and you know, like, and you know, like with Javel McGee, they traded some second round, some second round picks, all that stuff. But like, you know, that's that's to me where I go. Okay, was this necessary? So to them, they're kind of a winner kind of a loser that's where i see them um but as far as the full out losers um who do you have as losers at the trade deadline and why is it the boston celtics yeah they we have i feel like on the other other podcast too the celtics have come up so much just because like they this year they did not exceed any Buddy else's expectations this year that you know they thought they would exceed like you know you bring you bring Kemba in right and he had an, an okay season this so far. year th- this year he's been MIA yeah like the, where where is the Kemba Walker that they signed because yes I get injuries are a real thing he got injured in the bubble like all that stuff and he's still recovering but the dude has been a shell of himself. And, and, and all, all signs point towards them trying to go after initially they wanted Jeremy Grant. They even went as far as to reportedly say that they would offer four first round picks. Um, They go after 
Aaron Gordon, and he goes to Denver. And so their solution of how they're going to patch up this team going into the playoff push is to trade for Evan Fournier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which Evan Fournier. Not bad. Not bad. Not great. (laughs) That's exactly it. It's not what they needed. And, And sure, they only gave up two second round picks and they got Evan Fournier. Um, but by the way, do not Google the word Fournier. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pull that out there. Evan Fournier said to Google his last name. I did it. I made that mistake. So you did not have to. So please, for the love of all that is good, do not Google the word Fournier. You have been warned. If, if at this point you are you are pulling it up on the podcast while you're listening and Googling the word Fournier. This is the time where I get to tell you that you are an idiot. You should listen to me. You are doing it wrong. But anyway, um, yeah, Evan Fournier, he's having the best season of his career, but he is by no means a, a upgrade, a tangible upgrade. That's going to help them a whole lot because he's on an expiring contract, which by the way, I just realized he is ex- he is on the end of a contract that he signed where it was a five year eighty five million dollar yeah, it was huge contract he yeah I forgot he was in that he was in that free agency class that got overpaid in every stretch of the word because yeah. my goodness that class was bad yeah five years eighty five million like for really Evan Fournier. 85 million. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're right. That class was absolutely insane how much they overpaid him. But like, I mean, he, I don't even, even a five year contract for Evan Fournier is like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like five years, the 85 million, like that's way too much, but five years anyway. Right. Well, well, and then here's the other thing too, because I'm not sure if you saw this trade, but it came in right after the deadline. Um, they traded Daniel Tice to Chicago which that's another really good gift for Chicago. But if you're the Celtics in return, you get Mo Wagner. Dude, he's a Michigan guy. I know, but he's, he left his skill at U of M. Like the guy is Mo not Wagner, an NBA. Yeah. Mo Wagner is not an NBA made player, dude. Like he's just no, he's not. not. No, he, so, and Daniel Tice, honestly, like, of course he was their starting big. I mean, for the Celtics and like he put up good numbers for them. I mean, unless you're mm-hmm. gonna trade like him and another, you know, like role player for a and a pick maybe for a good big, like I don't see what the point to trade Daniel Tice would have been. I but, really and don't. listen and listen, like maybe there's something we don't know. Maybe they have a some form of agreement with a guy like Andre Drummond where he can come in off the buyout market, maybe Maybe they feel confident that they can go get a LaMarcus Aldridge, but all reports suggest otherwise because reports are saying that LaMarcus Aldridge is favored to go to Miami. Reports are saying Andre Drummond's favored to go to the Lakers. So if that's not the case, you just automatically decided to make your depth worse by just trading straight up, right? So um, to me, that makes no sense at all. And speaking of moves 
that make no sense. The Los Angeles Clippers are on my loser's side for sure. Because they got they get Rajon Rondo, who, don't get me wrong, Rajon Rondo is an upgrade. They needed point guard depth. They needed a floor general. And that is certainly what Rajon Rondo is. He And when, when Rajon Rondo plays in the playoffs, he definitely puts up, right? However, in return, the Atlanta Hawks, not only do they get Lou Williams, but they get two second round picks. Did, did Rajon Rondo's value just skyrocket overnight that I just completely am not seeing here? Because Danny, I mean, like, listen, like Jerry West, he is the greatest executive in NBA history. He very rarely makes moves that make you scratch your head. And when he does, you normally look back and go, oh, I'm an idiot. Duh. But no angle of this do I say they made a good deal. Yeah, this was a I, desperation I trade. Yeah, I especially, especially Lou Williams. Like, yeah, is, man. I mean, you know, how many times he won six man of the year now? I mean, and just a dead eye shooter, a leader. And then you're going to trade away two picks too, like you said, for Rajon Rondo, who, you know, like you said, during the playoffs, he may, he'll put up his numbers and he's a good four general, mm-hmm. but like, you don't trade away Lou Williams. Like, you know, like, he's a, like, are they just, are they just that desperate for leadership? Are they just that desperate for, for a point guard? Because I mean, granted, they didn't really have many other assets to, to trade. They put themselves in quite the pickle here with this Paul George trade. Um, because if that's what you have to do to go get Rajon Rondo, <laughs> yikes. Like, like that just makes that just begs the question, where was this move in free agency? Yeah, yeah. And I think honestly, that that team is so their perimeter is so like diverse and they can play so many positions. Like you didn't have to go get Rajon Rondo. You didn't have to. You could have played Lou position or Lou Williams at a two, and you could have played, you know, Paul George at a one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. You could have played and, Kawhi and like, at those positions. I mean, that's what listen, the Lakers man, did with LeBron. And listen, man, if you're gonna give up that much, then you know what you should do? Give up a little more and get Lonzo Ball. Give up more than that, go get Kyle Lowry. You know, like they're like if you're gonna pay a hefty price, don't pay it on Rajon Rondo. It's like saying, "Hey, I'll give you ten dollars for Mountain Fizz from like the local grocery store." Like, no, pay the extra money and go get some Mountain Dew, man. Like, <laughs> like that is the dumbest analogy I've ever used in my entire life. But like, you know what I mean? Like, that's it's just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, yeah, and like I said. You know, you can do so much. So why would you give up a piece like Lou Williams? And like like you said though too, pay up and go get someone good. That that's mm-hmm. the big thing for me. It's like what they gave mm-hmm. up is just the value is just ridiculous. Cause the yeah, Rajon Rondo, he you know, he's okay. But like he, he's yep. not the Rajon Rondo of old. You know. Mm-hmm. Back in the day yep. that would have been a good trade. But not uh not in my opinion now, but again, not like in said, 2021. That's for sure. But who knows? Hey, 
hey, you know what? Lou Williams did win that trade because now he gets to go back to Atlanta and he's going to be eating those lemon pepper wings down at down down in Atlanta a lot. So he left the bubble to go get those. Now he can just leave his apartment. So good, good for Lou. Go get vaccinated. Go eat your wings. And we're not going to talk about what else you're going to do there. So the the third loser to me, um, I look specifically um, at not only the Raptors, but I look at everyone involved in that situation. Um, just, just any team. So first of all, Kyle Lowry, he loses in this situation. The Raptors are losers in this situation because now he's going to walk for nothing. Um, but also the Philadelphia 76ers, the Los Angeles Lakers, to me, when I look at like the top, top contenders today, none of them got better. Granted, um, especially I, I look at, um, you know, even though Miami got Victor Oladipo, I think this was this was a lost opportunity because you know to me I look at it and here here's my analysis on it here's my take I honestly think because you look at all the GMs that were involved you have Masai Ujiri you have Pat Riley you have um you, you have uh the what's what's the name of the guy out of the Lakers uh he was he was Kobe's agent he's their GM uh Rob Rob uh Chris, help me out here. Do you know it's Rob Palenka? Rob Palenka. Yep, there we go. I, glad you guys got to listen to me struggle live on air. Um, but <laughs> anyway, you have like all these top general managers, and it's like they're playing poker. And Daryl Morey too. It's like they're playing poker, and and they're all not. And they're all bluffing. They're all like trying to read each other. They're all trying to win. And right before someone's gonna win, they all pick up their chips and go home. It's like, nope, I'm not buying in. You, you're going to buy in. You get a raise. And it's just like they all folded at the same time. And at the end of the day, it makes them all losers because, you know, I mean, sure. I think the Heat was the only team that was able to truly salvage something and go get Victor Oladipo. Um, the 76ers, they got George Hill, which cool. Um, but like the Lakers, they um, they very much could have used another star um, to, to help them in a series against Brooklyn. So to me, I look, I just say, man, poor Kyle Lowry. He's not going to be able to go contend for anything this off this season. Um, I see man Toronto that what a, what a lost opportunity to get something in return for one of your best players. And I say, Hey, like, you know, Philly, you, you played too conservative on this one. So um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just seemed like a lot of winding up and a lot of bluffing and a lot of trying to work the other teams that, um, they all might've gotten a little too greedy and didn't get anything in return for it. Yeah. The, the one for me is, uh, the Raptors and Kyle Lowry. Cause you know, he, he's been there his entire career, you know, put it out yep. there and they contend, you know, Almost every year, they're they're top of the top of the East almost every year. Um, yep, and now that's gone. Like <laughs> it's literally mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're going to see him now. I don't know if he'll um, if he's going. to – I mean, like I said, you know, he's been there his entire career. Toronto loves him. I know he loves the area. But if he's not winning, he may be saying, "I'm out." I'm, requesting a trade yeah. or something like that. I mean, well, why well, wouldn't you if you're he, not winning? 
Well, here's the thing. This is he's he his his contract expires after this season. He is 35 years old. This is the highest his trade value would have been. And and here's the thing. You're not even going to get a trade in return because now he's just going to leave in free agency. Because first of all, why would you sign him? Second of all, why would he sign back? Because he's 35 years old. He's going to go try to win another championship. That's just the way it is. So now you're not getting anything in return. These teams who, who could have gotten not only a rental, but also get him into your system and you could try and sign him in free agency, have bird rights. Now you have nothing. You didn't get better. And the Raptors, especially you're getting nothing. So to me, it was just a stupid situation. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And he, like you said, now his trade value is going to be super high. Now he's going to go and sign and teams are honestly going to, if he does leave Toronto, um, if they don't sign him back, but he'll go to other places and they'll be able to sign him. Good teams will be able to, will be able to sign him for not very much because yep, he's going to want he's just going to want to win. And uh, yep. so, yeah, I don't know. He's going to be an interesting for me to see what he does this, uh, this off season. Yeah, for sure. I, to me, I look at, uh, I look at Philly. I, I think, I think I could see him signing on a minimum, on a minimum or a mid-level veteran exception. Um, and going to the 76ers to pair alongside Embiid and Simmons. He's from Philadelphia. It's his hometown. It's his home state. So to me, that makes a lot of sense, especially since they're going to be contenders for years to come. To me, that makes a lot of sense. The Lakers also make a lot of sense. So we'll see what happens, but especially because out and out, out in La La Land, Dennis Schroeder, he has not agreed to a contract extension. And if you could have gotten him, um, in Toronto to potentially sign that would have been compelling but also um, if you weren't too greedy with Miami because reportedly the one missing piece for Miami getting uh, getting Kyle Lowry is Tyler Hero and I think they 100% made the right decision not including Tyler Hero because they already had Duncan Robinson so if you're Toronto you could have gotten Duncan Robinson and you didn't Instead, you're getting nothing. And you know what that means? You got nothing. <laughs> so, um, you know, to me, that's just, to me, I, I mean, I, again, I get it. You want to hold that you're not going to settle, but at the same time, there's situations where you do. And to me, this is one of them. So I don't know. Maybe they know what I'm doing. I'm just a, I'm just a guy that watches on Twitter, but that just didn't make much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I don't think the, you know, if they ended up with Duncan Robinson or something like that, I don't, that, that still, I don't know how that would really benefit them too much, you know, because at least they it would have been something and he's, and he's one of the true. best shooters in the league. Like I, that's something to have in your core. Right. I mean, to yeah, me, that, that's true. I mean, he's a hooper for sure, but like, I mean, I mean, they they wouldn't gain as much as Miami loses. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a huge piece to them, you know. And uh, who would have thought that? Never thought I'd say that. That Duncan For Robinson sure. is a, For a sure. huge piece to the Miami Heat. But yeah, I don't. I still don't think. I mean, just with what, I don't think they would really contend that much anymore. Right. You know, even right. with Duncan Robinson there. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying he would be there to contend. I'm saying he'd be there as a piece going forward as a rebuilding team. 
like that, that to have that as part of your young core, or at least as a piece to have going forward, to me, that's more interesting than just not getting anything at all. No, yeah, so, oh, yeah, that, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. They, yep, which, they, they did nothing in the trade. <laughs> yep, yep. Which, by the way, um, we have uh, since we're doing this on trade deadline Thursday, there has been some breaking news um, that's broken a little bit as we've gone along. Um, not big things, minor. One of these things will hurt your heart, but that's okay. Um, so first of all, LaMarcus Aldridge officially bought out by the Spurs. So, um, that was reported to happen. It was expected to happen. It happened. So he is now going to be on the buyout market. The second thing regards the Indiana Pacers specifically TJ Warren is out for the season with a foot injury. Chris initial thoughts. Well, greatest, greatest bubble TJ Warren, greatest player of all time. That's the thing. Bubble TJ Warren. That wasn't wasn't there this year. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, he's a he's Who a good player. Thought? But he, like you said, there's so much that you expect when you see someone play like that, and you expect such a high level, and then it's just not there. It's like, okay, yeah. No, you know. Now, granted, now granted, <laughs> context. He played four games. He played four yeah, games in the major split. That's so, true. He, he wasn't there physically. We don't know if he would have been there if he was actually playing. But that that's is true. So it's like, so it's like, okay, now he's out for the year. Okay, you know, and that does like you said, he played four games. So like that'll give him more time now for rehab too. You can you know figure it out. You got the off season to rehab, and maybe next year you know he'll come uh, he'll come back. But you know the Pacers now they're on a little bit of a run now. So yep. Karis LeVert uh, after cancer treatment, he's looking solid. Yeah, Karis so that's just solid. cool as heck to see, man. We in our first podcast together, we talked about that and just how much it broke our hearts that he was going through that. But man, this the I, there are a few players that have had to come back from more adversity physically um, than Karis LeVert in his NBA career, um, just in his short career. And the fact that he's done as much as he has is just insane. So props to Karis, man. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm- I am really excited. Karis came back and he's been a huge asset to, to the Pacers. But I, like I said, you know, TJ Warren, it's, it's virtually really no, there's really not a whole lot different than what the Pacers have played with this year. You know, cause like mm-hmm. you said, he's, he's played four games. So they're really not really, you're just giving him extra time to, to rehab and, and get, get his mindset and get ready for next season. So it's really not a whole lot different. The Pacers are on a little bit of right. a run. So I don't really think it's a, a huge deal. Obviously he would help if I he agree. was fully healthy, but yeah, for sure. Well, you know, that's, that's kind of everything on the trade deadline. Before we go to other stuff though, I do have one more piece on the trade deadline. This is kind of a fact. And I think this is hilarious. Um, so Chris, did you know that every NBA player named Gary was traded during today's deadline? Um, Gary Harris was traded to the magic Gary Trent jr was traded to the Raptors and Gary Clark was traded to the Nuggets. So there are three, three Gary's. Yeah, there are three Gary's in the NBA and all three of them are on new teams. In fact, uh the Nuggets and the Magic, they swapped Gary's. And the Magic took a Gary and they sent a Gary in return. So, uh thoughts and prayers to all of our Gary's today. We hope that these <laughs> <laughs> we hope yeah. that these new beginnings and new horizons are good for you. 
but also interesting that there's only three Garys in the NBA. I just thought that was funny. But yeah, that's the uh, that is the NBA trade trade deadline in a nutshell. I thought this was a fun one. Um, to me, there was a lot of surprises, um, both in what happened and what didn't happen. And at the end of the day, what else can you ask for, man? You know what I mean? Um, especially to me, the trades that are more fun are the teams like the bulls that you just don't expect to do anything and just their, their fortunes completely change overnight. So to me, that's, that's what I'll remember from this NBA trade deadline. And before we close out, there are some other NBA stories I wanted to touch on because there was definitely a lot that happened this week. So the biggest story in the NBA right now, other than the trade deadline, has to be the Lakers, and it has to specifically do with their health. So LeBron James, he went down with that high ankle sprain against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, uh, Atlanta Hawks player, he dove for the ball, um, went for a loose ball, was trying to get that. And then all of a sudden, you know, LeBron rolls his ankle and he goes down and he looked like he broke his entire body because the way that he cried and was in pain was quite fascinating, which, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think he just has an animated face. That's my theory. But like, you know, like, listen, man, I've seen players go through worse and play it way cooler than he did. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe it's just because I'm not a LeBron guy, but dude, come on. It was a high ankle sprain. But uh, he's, he's, he's said to be out about a month, but Chris, um, I am talking to the resident high ankle sprain expert. Um, I made the joke off recording that it's called Chris Noblet syndrome. Um, so Chris, for one, what to those of us that have never gotten a high ankle sprain, what is that like? And what do you expect about what, what do you expect to happen out in LA with this injury happening? Um, you know, it, like you said, I'm not a huge LeBron guy, but I also do know they are very extremely painful. And I think mine, when I had, obviously LeBron's only about out about a month. Mine, I was out, had surgery, and then was out for another three months with recovery. So like, it's oh, wow. a little different. Okay. I mean, you know, the the high ankle sprains are definitely more severe and they take some, you know, rehab. But like I said, I think he has a pretty animated face too. And, you know, you see all over Twitter, just how like dramatic and stuff it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, man. Was, it was so good. That Twitter blew up that night when he got hurt. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I think you put it pretty uh, clearly. It did look like his whole body broke when he <laughs> got that ankle injury. But, Dude, it looked it looked like he was throwing in a meat grinder. Like that's what, that was his reaction. Like I like it granted, don't get me wrong, you know, the guy 
it's definitely a rough injury of, of all the injuries you can get. They, they talk about that one being out there in pain. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's no joke. Um, one of the things that really bothered me about it though, was that Lakers players were calling him out. Uh, were calling out the player from the Hawks. I think it was Solomon Hill. Um, he, he was the one that dove for the loose ball and play and players were saying that was dirty. Um, no, it's not. Or at least in my opinion, it's not. I don't know what your thoughts are. Like they called it reckless, but like, dude, it's a competitive NBA game, man. You're the Hawks. You're fighting for a playoff for, for a playoff stretch. A lot of the times that the ways that you could beat the Lakers are doing those little things like diving for loose balls. Like, listen, man, if LeBron is in that same situation, he would have sure as hell rolled someone's ankle for diving for a ball. Like, that's just what it is, man. It's the NBA. It's a physical league. Right. Like, yeah. The, especially when you get, you know, you're past the halfway point in the season. Now you're fighting for the playoff spots The the NBA, it's not like, they're not just here going to roll over, you know, they're out here. They're going to try their hardest to get every loose ball. Like we're not going to just sit here and let the Lakers win. Right. But if yeah. I'm, but also if I'm a Lakers player, it's easy to say, Oh my gosh, he don't that loose ball that was intentional to hurt our best player. It's easy right. to say that just because, I mean, you're in a, it's a totally different viewpoint because I mean, coming from them, they're probably thinking, all right, the Hawks are a bunch of, you know, they're not good. Like besides, you know, you got Trey Young and John Collins, but like they're not, they see it from a totally different viewpoint. But from, from me coming from a coach, I'm not saying go out and take people out. I mean, that's just, but also, you're right though. LeBron would have done the same thing. He's going after the ball. If it's a close game, if you're, if your spots on the line, you're doing what, what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, you know, to me, like, absolutely. You hate to see that happen, especially to, um, you know, as you know, say what you will, man, but you know, LeBron is, you know, he, he, he is one of the greatest in the world. I mean, he is the best in the world. He's one of the greatest of all time. You hate to see guys go down yeah. via injury, especially when um, when the Lakers are favored to play the Nets and you want to see that that matchup at full health. Um, and speaking of, you know, Anthony Davis, he's been out for quite some time now with his calf strain. Um, do you think Anthony Davis comes back? And if he does, do you think he comes back enough to get them to the finals? Because, dude, that Western Conference, listen, man, if he's not if he's not at full strength against Rudy Gobert, watch out. You know, and also the Clippers, too, man. Like they, you know, people count them out, but hey, they do have Kawhi. They do have Paul George. Now they got playoff Rondo, who was a big part of the Lakers' success in the in the bubble. So, you know, to me, the if I'm if I'm the Lakers, I almost wonder if I should shut um, shut down Anthony Davis for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I said I think the Lakers, you keep him out at least for mo- almost the entire season, or if not the rest of the year, let him get back into shape, let him rehab, and then go back in full strength into the playoffs. Um, I don't yeah. think you take a chance coming with him coming in, you know, at ninety percent mm-hmm. and then him, you know, do something else because, you know, it's a calf injury, but you know, you never know. He may do something to his Achilles, may do something to his ankle and that you're just put further back. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think you keep him out 
till you know last couple games maybe or even the rest of the year just give him some conditioning and rehab just to get him full strength going into the the playoffs yeah 100 percent. because at the end of the day man anthony davis is the future of the lakers he just signed that five-year contract i know i know lebron james you only have so much time with him left but you don't play with that especially when you trade when you traded the farm to go get anthony davis you don't let the farm burn down just because you want to open it back up a little early. Um, especially with a guy like Kevin Durant, who who came back early from that same injury. And the, the thing that happened to him was the worst case scenario in tearing his Achilles. It would be even worse if that happened to Anthony Davis. It would be even worse. So to me, dude, don't even gamble it. But of course, uh, they have a better handling on his health than we do. So we'll see there. But speaking of speaking of Kevin Durant, um, he's been out for about six weeks himself. Um, he uh, he came out. He was playing all these minutes, um, maybe too many minutes to start the season for Brooklyn. And now we haven't seen him um, since a little bit after the James Harden trade. And granted, they're doing just fine. Um, I think they're in a way more promising situation than the Lakers right now because um, if you can have Kevin Durant come back at full strength with James Harden, the way he's playing, with Kyrie, the way he's playing, um, with with dunking super sensation Blake Griffin coming out there, throwing it down, um, I think right now it is very hard for me to see a scenario where the Brooklyn Nets are not hanging in the rafters a title banner right now because oh my goodness they are scary yeah yeah they're they're gonna be scary no matter what even if you don't have even if kd is not fully healthy they're still gonna be pretty scary but then Mm -hmm. you know you bring him in and i think you do the same thing you hold him out so he's he's ready to go he's fully healthy you know you hold him out which which they're saying it could be next week. Yeah. Um, they're, they're saying he's out through Friday at least. So it sounds like he's way more ready to go than Anthony Davis is. So good news for Brooklyn Nets fans. Um, good news for Kevin Durant fans, which is myself and like four other people. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I am very excited to see him back on a basketball court when we can, because dude, he's just, the NBA is just a better league when he's in it. And when we're talking about him in the equation, because he's, he's just that guy. He is that dude. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him back on a basketball court. Um, but speaking of man, uh, the MVP race has been changing quite considerably too. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago about who we have as our MVPs. And that conversation is completely different now, especially with the injury of LeBron, the injury to Joel Embiid. I mean, it's a complete toss up. I, I think right now Vegas just, just changed its odds that uh, that Nikola Jokic is currently the favorite. Um, but I don't know if he should be the MVP. If I had to pick my MVP today, I would pick James Harden. Chris, who is your MVP? Mine is probably. I think I got to go with the Joker, man. Got to go with the Joker. He just for. Like we talked about earlier, he is just he's in his prime. He is he's putting up numbers that very few bigs 
can put up, you know, and right. the amount of triple doubles that he puts up is just unreal. And he, I just, I don't think you, and this doesn't equate for him being the MVP. Cause it's not like we say we didn't expect it from him, but James Harden, you kind of knew what he could do. Right. Yo- Jokic on the other hand, you knew he was good, but you didn't know he was this good. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It, but but I would argue, again, because this is where that conversation changes. I mean, you know, a, a lot of it comes down to who's winning, right? And, you know, the Nets, they're they're sitting at 30 and 15. They're they're up towards the top of the of the East. But the Nuggets, they're fifth. They're they're fifth in the West. I mean, yeah, they're 26, they're 26 and 18. They're doing well. Um, a lot of reasons why the, the reason they're doing that well is because of Joker. So, you know, granted that is a thing, but I, I don't know about how I feel about these like lower seated teams having the MVP because to me, like, you know, yes, the numbers are impressive. What they're doing is impeccably impressive, but I mean, it's just hard to give that to a guy who's in the bottom half seeding in his conference. You know yeah, what I, I mean? I agree with you. I mean, it's like, you know, you have. I mean, that'd be like, I don't want to say this, this is different because the, um, because obviously the Nuggets are better than the, the Wizards, but you know, the, uh, but Russell Westbrook, what the numbers he puts up, mm-hmm. you know, it's that sort of thing. But I, you know, I agree. It shouldn't be, you know, uh, like a, an awful team like the Rockets or the Wizards or something like that. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> definitely, definitely ain't going to be the Rockets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that much. I mean, but if it's, you know, I mean, they're still, they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to contend that the Nuggets are. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's where me and you disagree-ish. But I, I do think it should be a winning team. You know, I, yeah. I agree 100% now, with that. Yeah, but but don't get it twisted, though. Like, I, I definitely get it because um, he is playing great 100%. I can't even, can't even diss it. So, um, you know, that's, that's where it's going to be interesting. Um, but... I kind of want to close on this because our last episode of from half court was our March madness special. Oh gosh. Now, Chris, I don't know if you've tried going back and listening to that after the first weekend of March madness, but it is as far as takes go. That is, that is Antarctica level of freezing, dude. We, we were so confident in the big 10. Um, we thought that they were going to dominate the tournament and look at, look at the big 10, man. There is Terrible. only one team standing one team remaining um, Dude, Iowa, Iowa lost in the second round, which you had as your national champion. Um, that was a bold o- move. Ohio state is out and I had them in my national championship game. Uh, Chris, I, let me, let me check your bracket right now because, I'm just curious. So your final four. Um, I think what I two or three out of my four are gone. I think uh, three out of your four are gone, including yeah. North Carolina, who lost in the first round. Yep, they lost um, to Wisconsin. Yep, mm-hmm. bad, handily, really bad, handily. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Um, and you have Michigan in there still, but at, at your the best you could do is Michigan getting to the final four, and after that, you'd be done. Yeah, because I now, yeah. Now my bracket, on the other hand, also terrible. Um, but my national champion is Michigan, and they're still in. Now, I don't think they're gonna win the ter- the tournament. 
I do not. In fact, they're playing Florida State, and I'm low-key terrified. Um, but if they make it to the Elite Eight, I might got I might I might have to start looking at a pizza menu, dude. Cause I <laughs> I might uh I might have some pizza on my way. Um, but the thing is, is that even the bracket that we did together is even worse than the bracket yeah, that we filled yeah, out individually. Uh huh. We had uh we had Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, and Illinois making it to the to the final four. Um, but now we got we got schools like Oral Roberts, which I know people that went to Oral Roberts, and they are just as shocked as we all are. Um, now being in the tournament, it is it is a crazy landscape. Yeah, man. yeah. This this tournament, honestly, who would have thought? Like they said, the average like seed for the tournament is like a five point eight eight or something like that, which is mm-hmm. the the lowest in history. But I mean, you got teams like you know Abilene Christian beat Texas, Oral mm-hmm. Roberts beat. Um, Ohio State. Then you got teams like Loyola beat Illinois, which hot take here. I think Loyola has a good shot at the final four or even winning it. That's a bold statement. I agree. I agree. I also think, I also think, and this might be an even hotter take. I think Oral Roberts is another school that has legitimate chances of making some noise here, man, because they, they are not scrubs. By any means, no, they're not. If, you, if if you've watched them play, they have guys that are averaging thirty. So Oral Roberts went out and not like, and let alone they're fifteenth seed. They beat and granted they've been in close games, but listen, man, they beat Ohio State and Florida, which are not joke schools. So um, all I'm saying, better watch out for them. But again, the Sweet Sixteen, we got Gonzaga versus Creighton, uh, we got USC versus Oregon. Which Oregon, they didn't even they didn't even have to that was their first game. <laughs> they were well rested going into that. They VCU oh, which, VCU had to Yeah, yeah which was another VCU team home. that we said could make some noise. They got COVID, so nope. Um so we got uh so we got USC versus Oregon. We got Baylor versus Villanova, which that's gonna be a heck of a game. Uh we got Arkansas versus Oral Roberts. Uh we got Loyola Chicago versus Oregon State, which is just wild that that is in the Sweet Yeah, what 16. a matchup! What a matchup! Uh, yeah, we got Syracuse, Syracuse and Houston. We have UCLA versus Alabama, and Michigan versus Florida State. So, if if yeah, Gonzaga, what a wild Sweet Sixteen, yeah, man. yeah, if if Gonzaga wins the tournament, I think it would make a lot of sense. But at the same time. Yikers, McBikers, dude! Because this is just a this is such a crazy tournament. It's been so good, though. It has been so good. Yeah, there has been like this has been one of the most fun tournaments to watch. After the first day, my my bracket was was trash, so I was just like, whatever. But the games have been so much fun, and I would be to Gonzaga should win this tournament. If you just look at mm-hmm. pure, you know, record and right. You know, I don't want to say pure talent because Michigan's good too. quote but, unquote on paper. They should win. Yeah, this exactly. Tournament. But with the way this tournament's gone, who knows? Honestly, Throw out your damn paper. Knows? That's, that's where this tournament's yeah. at. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, cause, cause if you're, if you're looking at on paper, um, this is not how it should be going. And so this bracket saying, screw your paper. 
I don't care about your paper. Bye bye paper. Because man, this is unreal, Chris. Unreal. But man, yeah, just the month of March so far has been absolutely crazy for basketball. Um, and I did lie because I said I wanted to close on that, but I actually wanted to close on one last thing, a little lighthearted. Um, I brought it up earlier, Blake Griffin's dunk. And I wanted to talk about this for a minute because I kind of I kind of mentioned to some people that I was a little afraid to watch Blake Griffin in Brooklyn because I was like, please tell me he didn't do bus in Detroit. Please tell me that the that the Blake Griffin we got in Detroit was not a half ass and phoning in Blake Griffin. And it kind of turned out that that was the case because not only was he making plays on the defensive end, he got a heck of a dunk in his first game with Brooklyn. And uh, I haven't seen Blake Griffin this juvenated, ready to go since the uh, since the 2018-2019 season. So uh, I wonder what your thoughts are on that because here's the thing: I'm not I'm not chastising Blake for it. Look, I get it. You know what I mean? He's he did everything that you could possibly ask for a guy to do when you get traded to Detroit. It just hurts as a fan to see a guy go out and still do that when uh, people doubted that he could because he didn't show that he could in Detroit. I just wonder what your thoughts are. Yeah, I don't like I said, I don't think this really affects me that much because I'm not a Pistons fan. No, not Um, at all. So but I I do get what you're saying. I mean, it's like, and it's not like he, he was bad, you know, in Detroit, no, like, no, no, but to see what he, could have been that sort of thing. Us, he gave us you know his best mean? year. He gave us his best year. Yeah. In my opinion, the 2018, yep. 2019 season was the best season of his career. Yeah. Right. And, but I agree. It can be very disappointing to see what the future ahead was for the Pistons for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. But I mean, like I said, I, I'm not a huge, huge Pistons guy, so it does not uh-huh. emotionally affect me. Yeah, like yeah, did you. Chris. You I mean, I know you, you texted me and told me you cried yourself to sleep that night. <laughs> no, I didn't actually, but like, that's how I felt, man. Like, I was like, I was like, I'm dead inside. This hurts my soul. <laughs> Yep. Oh my gosh, dude, it hurt. But you know, I had to bring up at least one Pistons thing related thing here because we had a quiet trade sure. deadline. We only traded Delon right away, um, which is hilarious because he said in the summer, "I've been trying to get to Detroit for years," <laughs> and Troy Weaver trades his ass. I'm literally, out. yeah, he he trades him as quickly as humanly possible. I thought that was funny, but anyway, that ladies and gentlemen is going to do it from half court. Uh, each and every week on Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is when we usually have episodes coming up. Uh, Chris, you have uh, you have been on this podcast more regularly than we intended, and I just thank you for making time for it. I, I love absolutely love doing this with you, man. And so, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Nobbit three on Twitter. Is that right? Correct. Yep. And I, I always appreciate else you want to plug, man. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's it's always fun, and uh, I'll be back anytime you want me. But Chris, yeah, Chris, welcome. I'd have you every week. I'd have you every week if you would, man. It's it's just fun doing this, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Nobbit three and on Instagram at Nobzilla thirty four, and also be on the lookout for the startup of my podcast here. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. 
which I am very much looking forward to giving yeah. you a hard time for your hosting and everything. I'm going to oh, critique okay. every little. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, who am I to talk? I've done what, like 11 of these? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, but oh, man. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Shawnee West 255, which I love saying more and more each and every time. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. I will see you on Tuesday for real this time from half court. Thank <laughs> you.